Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Kaufman Hall recently released their National Hospital Flash Report and Physician Flash Report. These comprehensive reports look at the financial performance of hospitals and physician practices in March 2021. Today, I'm joined by Jim Blake and Eric Swanson of Kaufman Hall to discuss the results of these latest reports. Jim and Eric, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Mike, for having us. Yep, good afternoon. Really looking forward to the discussion. Why don't we start out with the top line? What would you say is the headline for hospital financial performance through March of 2021? Uh, uh, Thanks, Mike. Uh, This is Jim, and I'll I'll take that question. Um, We've, uh, in the last year, the major headline for the whole world has been COVID. But when you look at uh, your question of hospital financial performance for the last year through March 2021, the the headline I see is patients first, financials last. When, when you unpack the data, and we, we, we track about a thousand hospitals every single month, which represent small and large and across all regions. So we have a pretty good insight to the country as a whole. We really saw hospitals last year when COVID first hit, really put everything aside and focused on taking care of patients even without knowing if they were going to get financial support in any way to to cover this. And they really experienced uh, very dramatic losses in March and April and May and and, and even continue through um, uh, the the losses. But they really did, they really put patients first and and then focused on the hospital financials. If we look at from, you know, the more recent times uh, as hospitals have been focused on uh, trying to recover from 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 the financial uh, devastation that that COVID has has brought, but they they're still not back to their their normal uh, levels. Okay, could you walk us through some of the specific uh, financial data points for hospitals? Yes, Mike, and this is Eric. I can walk through a a few important points that we've observed, uh, not only since the depths of of April last year, but also what we've seen here most recently in March. So as we begin to look at a high level of hospital performance as as measured by the EBITDA margins and operating margins, when we look at our operating margin index for hospitals over this time period, we see most recently here in March on a year-to-date basis, hospitals returning a margin of approximately 2%. Uh, when you include that supplemental funding from CARES that is still flowing through. And what's important to note is that this compares against pre-pandemic uh, margins that are uh, usually just north of 3%. So still significantly down uh, from pre-pandemic levels, but certainly uh, much better than they were in uh, April of, of last year, uh, which at that time, uh, just to note, there were some hospitals that experienced margins, the median uh, operating margin being nearly negative 30%. So uh, uh, there's been a tremendous recovery since, but still not quite at levels um, uh, that hospitals were sustaining in pre-pandemic uh, era. 
Additionally, as well as, as we unpack that a bit further and look at the revenue side of the equation, what we can see is that that gross operating revenue is, is up as compared with Q1 of last year. But as you'll recall, that, that begins to include some of the impacts of, of the early parts of the pandemic. And so as we look at pre-pandemic levels, that gross operating revenue is still down uh, nearly 5%. And when we look at that, the vast majority of impact is coming from the outpatient side of uh, being depressed uh, significantly down and uh, nearly 8% from pre-pandemic levels. Now, there's a little bit of a glimmer of hope here uh, in our most recent report where we saw some large month-over-month increases in that outpatient revenue as patients began to resume some of their care uh, on that end. Um, but certainly, it remains to be seen uh, what that'll look like going forward. Uh, but it, it begins to highlight this notion of, of uh, right now, there's a concentration of, of more inpatient revenue to outpatient than uh, historically there had been. Uh, but we're beginning to see that resume uh, slightly. And how have hospital volumes fared? Yeah. Um, Overall, the the volume story is really interesting, and we've been watching it very closely month to month. Um, And we, when this all first started a year ago, um, looking at it, um, you know, we had it, there was a couple of different conjectures out in the press. One was, you know, that it was uh, COVID related, others that it was related to various state, you know, lockdowns and restrictions. Um, so we looked at this closely and, and we could see in the data that it was proven out that it, it wasn't co- correlated to COVID uh, directly. Um, the places that were hotspots in, in, in Detroit and New York City and in and, and Louisiana um, you know, looked very similar to other places in the country that had very few COVID patients. Um, we then looked at it between states in the beginning months of March and April between those that were locked down and those that weren't. And again, there was no real differentiation. When we looked at the, the, the correlation volumes, but we then did a series of, of consumer studies um, that uh, uh, very much shown that uh, uh, consumer behavior was really the correlation uh, was there was a high correlation with consumer behavior and um, and you know the the volume story is not just a single story it's a whole series of stories and and, and maybe Eric you you want to comment on on some of the further details within that the volume stories that that are there yes certainly so as we unpack again this volume story as Jim mentioned it's been a very interesting and unfolding story but but there's been a few things that have remained consistent and uh, chief amongst them is the volumes relative to emergency department visits. And those, uh, as with our recent report, are showing that they're down nearly 19% on a year-to-date basis. And this trend has held pretty consistent uh, since April of last year with the ED volumes uh, being down in that 19 to 20% uh, range. And we're not seeing large changes uh, amongst those visits, even here at most recently uh, within March. We're also seeing uh, depressed volumes on the inpatient side uh, being down nearly uh, 8% as well. But what's really interesting to note here is while the discharges are down, the patient days uh, aren't down to nearly the same degree. And and so what is happening here is we're seeing a shift towards higher acuity patients, uh, many of which could also be uh, uh, COVID patients. Uh, And so we're seeing this this average length of stay increase over this period as, as the higher acuity patients come in and those who have the ability to 
uh, delay or postpone their care are doing so, um, driving up that, that acuity. And further, I'll, I'll mention this as well. I, I previously said uh, outpatient volumes, we began to see a, a larger jump here in, in March of this year. And we're seeing that reflected as well when we look at the surgical minutes as well. And, and likely what we're seeing is some similar phenomenon as we saw as lockdowns began to lift is that some of the pent-up demand for those elective surgeries uh, is returning, except in this case, it's, it's not due to lockdowns, but likely due to uh, some of that consumer confidence returning, uh, as Jim uh, alluded to, as well as uh, the, the vaccinations rates improving, uh, allowing uh, uh, folks to build that confidence and come back. So that's what we're seeing from um, uh, some key metrics from the hospital volume side. Okay. Um, did you notice any difference in financial performance or volume based on hospital bed size? Yeah. So, you know, it's really important to note as, as we look at our report uh, over the approximately thousand hospitals um, across the nation, we look at it not only by bed size, but also by region to understand any differences that might have occurred. And it's important to lay some context here that the negative impacts in April, well, March and April of last year, as the pandemic began, were so, so uh, detrimental to organizations, but they were also very consistent. So nearly all regions and all bed sizes experienced uh, similar impacts uh, to volumes, revenues, and, and even margins. And just to highlight how um, uh, detrimental that was, when you look at the median margins that were being returned early on, it was nearly five standard deviations away from the mean, or in a non-statistical sense, uh, that's about a one in a three and a half million uh, probability of occurring. So really uh, one of the worst impacts that we've, we've ever seen. As we've looked at this recovery, we've seen some unevenness in uh, recovery based upon the size of the hospital. Now, small hospitals have traditionally had higher volatility in their performance, again, owing to their small size. But what we've noticed through this recovery is that volatility in their performance, and it's mostly dependent upon volumes, uh, has been driven even higher still. While the larger hospitals have tended to have lower volatility, given their ability to flex in, in a greater degree. And so certainly in March here, as, as we saw some of those outpatient volumes increase, uh, we, we saw some large changes in the smallest hospitals due to that, seeing their, their outpatient revenues drive up uh, to a much greater degree than the large hospitals. But again, uh, recognizing that those smaller hospitals began with uh, a lower outpatient volumes to begin with and are thus seeing some uh, larger changes uh, than, than the, the larger hospitals are. So let's turn to physician practices. How is physician compensation faring at this point? Well, Mike, uh, the, we've been, as you've, we've noted previously, we've been tracking over 1,000 hospitals, but we also have about 100,000 physicians in our data that we track every month. And we started the hospital report about three years ago. We started the physician report. Just uh, We're just on the second one right now, but we've been looking at this data for some time. Um, and the uh, um, and it is real time data, not survey based data. So it does give us a greater insight uh, of what's going on. One of the things that's uh, at a macro level in the data is just as hospitals and health systems put patients first, 
they also, many of them, not all of them, chose to put their associates and their related caregivers um, first as well, um, in that they often held them harmless or held them so held them harmless uh, to what was happening. So even if elective procedures were way down, a particular physician still was being compensated uh, by the health system um, for, for many health systems. So they, they, they really um, you know, leaned into it and helped out, which, which obviously directly helped the physicians, but also uh, helped the economy, those local economies as well. Um, but there's a, there is a lot of other stories underneath the hood, and there's quite a lot of variation, too, that we're now seeing starting to emerge. Um, Eric, maybe you, you want to take the, the second half of the question in terms of some of the further details. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, as we talk about some of the, the metrics and looking at the differences across, um, we, we've certainly seen here that that physician compensation is down um, by about one and a half percent from where it was in pre-pandemic levels. But again, um, productivity, as we, we, we may discuss, uh, productivity certainly is, is down to a further degree. So this really highlights how uh, many organizations held their positions uh, harmless. And further, as we look at the physician compensation story, you do see that compensation dropping in Q2 of last year, uh, but beginning to recover pretty substantially in Q3 and Q4, and again, ending just below uh, 2019 levels. So you just talked a, a little bit about productivity there, um, and it's maybe no surprise that it was affected by the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit more about how it was affected by the pandemic and what physician productivity uh, looks like now? Absolutely, absolutely. So there's some really interesting uh, stories here. But in general, uh, productivity is down uh, in 2020 versus 2019 by about 85 a percent, but there, there are three really interesting observations that I'd like to make uh, as we look at specific specialties uh, uh, viewed from a productivity lens. So the first is with the OB/GYN uh, specialty; they actually had the largest decrease in productivity from Q3 to Q4, and is still well below pre-pandemic levels. Now it's interesting to think about some of the factors that are playing into this, but some that we know of. Are, are women and families choosing to delay pregnancies uh, due to school and, and daycare, daycare closures, um, choosing to remain home or, or needing to remain home to, to take care of their families? This is also reflected by, by the lower labor participation rate of women um, that has occurred over COVID. And finally, many families are weighing the financial impact of children as well. And so all of this is leading to a drop in productivity for for OB-GYN, uh, likely partially due to uh, delayed pregnancy. The second um, interesting observation here is with the surgical specialties. So certainly in Q2, in the depths of the pandemic, we saw a really large impact as patients delayed or canceled those elective surgeries at the end of Q1 and Q2. We had a few months there as the lockdowns eased that uh, we actually saw larger volumes uh, for a single month as that pent-up demand returned. Uh, but certainly uh, those surgical specialties and the productivity hasn't returned to where it was before. And finally, the, the third and final interesting observation that we see when looking at, at productivity has to do with psychiatry and psychology. So as we look at psychiatry, we observed a, a slight reduction in productivity uh, during the course of 2020, but not nearly as great as with the other specialties. However, it has since risen above 2019 levels. 
So we believe this is likely due to the increased psychological stresses uh, that are brought upon uh, are brought on by the pandemic, as well as some interesting uh, adoption and, and expanded adoption of telehealth and other virtual care approaches that are being used by these providers. So very interesting story as we look at productivity, especially at that uh, specialty level. Most definitely. What are some key takeaways for hospitals and physician practices moving forward in 2021? Well, Mike, you know, rather than focus on those types of of general um, broader themes, um, Eric and I, as as coming at this from a data perspective, really want to let the data talk and let the data tell us, you know, what to expect and what to see. And We've spent a lot of time, we've been thinking deeply on these questions and, and we've been working with uh, various, uh, with uh, American Hospital Association and other state associations, as well as certain leading clients as they've posed questions along these lines. And we've used, um, you know, various uh, machine learning, AI and predictive analytics to uh, go against the data. And, and what what clearly comes out is that if you're looking at data that's older Older than a year ago, you know, for normal times, that would have been fine to have older data, but you really need uh, uh, contemporary and, you know, real-time data to be able to understand what's happening right now. And we've done some pretty interesting analysis, and, and I'd love, Eric, for you, you to share some, some of the results and some of the things that we're seeing out of some of the analysis we've done for some of these parties. Yeah, so, so Mike, as we've done that, that predictive analytics and produced some projections and based that upon a number of the, the market variables, uh, COVID impact and, and others, uh, we've produced some interesting findings. But in general, one of the, the observations that was demonstrated here was potential revenue losses over the course of 2021 relative to pre-pandemic levels. And, and that ranges somewhere between 53 to 122 a billion dollars for the nation's uh, hospitals, and and that fifty three billion, uh, the the high the low end of that is really for the optimistic scenario. And under that optimistic scenario, uh, we assume that would occur with with continued vaccinations, a continuing uh, enhancement of the consumer confidence, and and the resumption ultimately of their care and the volumes returning to hospitals and some potential beneficial legislation. And with all that we would see hospitals return within about 10% of their, their pre-pandemic margins, but again, still below. However, under our, our predictions as well, should several of those falter, performance would only improve marginally from where they are today. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, still being significantly below those pre-pandemic levels. And, and it would leave hospitals in a spot with depressed margins uh, and perhaps an inability to reinvest appropriately. And so, uh, certainly, uh, some of the controls and managerial impacts of that will uh, be very important for those organizations. I think for physicians as well, when we, we look at that work too, it means that they'll need to be actively engaged and, and participate in managing access uh, for uh, new patients and, and balance those incentives as well. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, really working to embrace virtual care and, and uh, enter that space where they can, uh, as there's other competitors that have entered that as well. And finally, given the amount of transformation that all this has caused is, is for those medical groups and physician practices, is really actively uh, looking at this, this real-time data and, and these uh, forward-looking uh, projections to understand what an appropriate investment per physician is 
uh, at that level and really set some realistic expectations and performance targets. So that's ultimately what the uh, results of some of our predictive and predictive work uh, seem to highlight as not only what we uh, may expect, but also some, some meaningful outcomes from that. Great information. If someone would like to get a copy of the National Hospital Flash Report or Physician Flash Report, where can they go? Yeah, this is Eric. Uh, certainly, um, uh, there's a few resources that, that are available. First is uh, we, we encourage uh, any of our listeners here uh, to visit KaufmanHall.com. Uh, there's a couple areas. There's a, a tab under Data Analysis and Tools where they'll be able to access the National Hospital Flash Report, the Physician Flash Report, and any of the past issues. Uh, they can also visit the section on the COVID-19 resources, which they'll see on the main page to access this report uh, and others. And finally, should, should anyone have additional questions that, that they would like answered, uh, they can always feel free to email flashreports at kaufmanhall.com with any questions. And we'd be happy to answer or partner with uh, folks on any requests. Jim Blake and Eric Swanson, thank you so much for joining me today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, Mike. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.